Oh, wait, are we? Oh. Do we? Uh, do we have a special intro for, <laughs> for uh, our guest? No. Oh, thank God, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know, we can, play. You're listening to a very special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll call my friend Jordan and see if call Tom and see if he can work no, up a new. No, like, let's dive. not. Let's not. Or let's record one and let me do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're okay, listening well, here, to a very special me episode. Yeah, that's right. Here, die Hard Minute. Here we go. Let's see. Let's let's see how what happens. Okay. So All right. Welcome back to the final week, actually the final week of the Die Hard Minute, where each and every week you've been listening to 13 different groups of podcasters take on probably the greatest uh, Christmas adventure movie of all time, the 1988 John McTiernan-directed film Die Hard. I'm one of your hosts this week, Jim O'Kane of the Airport Minute, the Rocketeer Minute, and TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute, and joining us today, Jim, is somebody else with a... uh, Sort of a tenuous Rocketeer connection. Well, yes, it's me. It's the it's the Rocketeer once again over here on the Die Hard podcast. No idea why, uh, except that I'm uh, Hal. I guess mentioned or Jim uh, that I'm tangentially uh, sort of related in that I was almost one of the terrorists in Die Hard Two. So, uh, so we'll go with that. That's that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's close enough. That's that close works enough, for us. But yeah, and we are more than excited to uh, to have you back and to talk again. This, uh, uh, I'll keep doing podcasts as long as we can find some random, strange, bizarre excuse to to drag you into it. And, and uh, well, and we thank can, you, boys, and chat. it's nifty to be here. Wow, well, we're, we're the, getting we're, the old band back together. Yeah, it really is. It's, we're we're uh, we're talking about Die Hard. We've been talking about Die Hard for weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, now we're we're at the very tail end of of the movie. We have uh, this last uh, denouement, the last thing, uh, which kind of seems really tacked on. I mean, we have uh, John and Holly McLean, or you know, now that she's finally Holly McLean instead of Holly Gennaro, uh, getting introduced to uh, Sergeant Al Pal, who we've only had a connection with on the, on a walkie-talkie, and uh, we can't we can't let things go. Uh, just just on a on a positive end because we have to have uh, a maniac jumping out of the crowd who should have been dead a long time ago. But uh, story wise, there have been you know, worse stories. <laughs> so, uh, it's, but it's really rather cheap, isn't it? It's yeah, it's like it's the it's it's sort of the action movie equivalent of throwing a a cat across the frame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, <clears throat> they had to give Al his, you know, sort of let him get the last word, the last shot, mm. and we've established that he's, uh, you know, he's had these issues in his career, so it's it's yeah, they they tacked it on. They're throwing him a bone at the very end, saying, "Oh, by the way, you know, you're cured too." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but everything's it, happy when if somebody can put a bullet in somebody else. Yeah, and yeah, the the thing that I. Uh, I wonder about though is that uh, where does this leave everybody? I mean, Hal, uh, you know, watch, watching this thing as a maniac police officer from uh, New York, what's going? You, uh, you're you're watching this in you know your your background as a as a police officer, right? What 
what would happen to uh, McLean as an out of town cop handling all these things? I mean, I, I would think, isn't he going to jail like right now? <laughs> and until sort of further notice, yeah, he's yeah. he <clears throat> certainly would be, and he would be brought in for this. He'd definitely be brought in for this debrief. You know, you got Dwayne Robinson who's uh, stomping across uh, through the crowd and says, "I want to debrief, Mister." And you know, he's the the, the sort of pencil pushing bureaucrat, um, but. Absolutely. There would be debrief after debrief. He'd be on, you know, administrative leave from his home department, all sorts of things. I'd, uh, he would not be uh, going home for Christmas right away. There would be a lot of an awful lot of questions. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be, right there, or wrong. For, he'd be there for the Valentine's Day episode of Die Hard. Right? Because <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> this is uh, not, not turning out well. Um, mm. But anyway, so, you know, they really managed to chew up all the – I keep looking at the background scenes, and I know it's just all a tight little area, but it, it looks like uh, Nakatomi Plaza is going to be out of commission for probably a year, I would think it would take to clean up all of all of that mess. Not, I don't know if, even know if Nakatomi would survive all this stuff. I mean, who would want to you know, be involved with that company? And, you know, the, the papers that are falling here, are those the – I'm the bearer bonds? Those, they're specifically the bearer bonds or just sort of random paperwork? And are, you know, what's happening there? Is, are there crowds of people grabbing these if they know what they are? And, uh, you know, running around, I'm rich, I'm rich. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, and, and it's, it's in, uh, it's like right there on Olympic Boulevard. Billy, you've, you've lived in LA. I mean, that's kind of a, not a, not a low traffic area. Where... No, it's not. A, it's not a low traffic area. Um, it's uh, right there in uh, Century City. In fact, my accountant's office is uh, f- almost right across the street from the Nakatomi Plaza. Um, and uh, no, there's a big, big shopping area over there. The Century City, ah, Century City Plaza, as I recall, or something like that. There's the um, sort of the Twin Towers there that look very much like the Twin Towers that used to stand in New York City. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty, um, uh, you know, a heavy area, though I would say that the traffic that comes through there, there's traffic that comes through from Santa Monica Boulevard. It, it, that area sort of connects Santa Monica Boulevard and the two main avenues going through Century City connect Santa Monica Boulevard and... Uh, I believe it is Pico uh, or Olympic. It's either Olympic or Pico. I can't remember which. So there's less traffic, I would say, going through there than there is going by the neighborhood on either Santa Monica or Olympic. But it's still, it's a pretty congested, uh, pretty congested area. Yeah, I, I would think that an expo. I mean, they. It doesn't seem to have much of. I mean, we we can't see what's going on on the traffic outside, but I would think that. An explosion at Nakatomi Plaza, their Fox Fox Tower, would be would cause major traffic headaches for more than a couple of days of just trying to clean right. it, clean all. Well, that as up. as uh, excited as I would be to 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 see an explosion at at, <laughs> at uh, Fox TV, uh, um, um, <laughs> there 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 it would cause there would be oh unbelievable mayhem if 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 uh, if something like that happened in Century City, unbelievable. I- I would suspect you'd have an even split between the people rushing to see it and then people rushing to sort of get away, and you would just have a you'd have an impasse there at some point. I bet you would. I bet you would. I bet the whole middle part of the west side of uh, L.A. would just uh, sort of lock down. I, I would have to imagine. 
I think especially once they found out that it was actually Bruce Willis up there shooting a bunch of people. <laughs> yes. I think that would get a lot of attention. <laughs> Though nobody would be much surprised. Um, <laughs> I, I, I still can't – the one thing that really uh, confuses me here is how uh, Alexander Gudinov managed to make it down – uh, 35 floors after being, you know, choked and strangled. But I guess maybe they were carrying the bodies out or something. It just doesn't quite. I, I, he I... danced his way yes. down. <laughs> just a, a pirouette all the way over. Yeah, well, That's what I want to see is like in the extras on the DVD. I want to see a dance number from Goodenough uh, dancing all the way down the plaza and then hopping into the gurney to be carted. <laughs> that's so carted much more across. interesting. Yeah, that would be so much better. You know, if you uh, if you scrub through it and you watch just as he appears, he's you know he's throwing off a blanket or something as he yeah. as he brings mm. that styre back up, and it's you know you, you almost think is he just sort of is he shuffling on disguised as a hostage or has he just somehow thrown himself up off a gurney and had a blanket over him or something like that? But I, it looks like or like he's been just sort of you know cruising his way down and 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 uh melding in with the crowd and he pulls uh pulls out the tire and of course he's going to shoot it one-handed because he's uh he's that mad and that mm. cool mm. and doesn't want to hit anything <laughs> <laughs> well he does have the sight he has that he has that big sight on there yeah, so he can, that's you know... true <laughs> yeah i i i always feel for the the guy that he uh slaps with the uh <laughs> With the nose of the styre, uh, just just as he's bringing it up, he just th- oh, this, yeah. he knocks this guy clear across into the uh, into the revolving door. Uh, just right, like, you know. But for all of its its kind of, I mean, we talk about how sort of superfluous this last scene is and everything. But I, it's it's. I mean, the movie. What I've, I think what I've always loved about the movie is that it it kind of winks at the audience. Um, it's it. It's an it's an action adventure film that knows and admits that it's an action adventure film, and it's sort of, as I say, it winks. You know, it it right. it, uh, and so I don't mind this last scene. Uh, it doesn't come across as um, uh, you know bothersome to me. It's it's sort of part and parcel of the whole uh, the whole kind of uh, slyness of the movie. Well, and one thing I like about it too is, is that we see, you know, Bruce Willis, his first, uh, his first reaction, John McClane is to just, he's wearing the big, uh, fireman's bunker coat. He's got mm. a little bit of protection there and he just grabs Holly and, and covers her and, and hits the deck. It's like, suddenly he's got somebody to defend. He's got somebody to look after. So he's in a, he's in a very defensive mode instead mm. of if he, jumped forward and grabbed Al's gun and, and shot this guy, that would have been, uh, I mm. think that would have been awful. Yeah. But he's just, he's purely about just uh, on the defense. Mm. There's that great look in, on his face as soon as he sees who it is and as he's falling there in a 32nd, 31, 32 in there. And he's he looks as freaked out and as surprised as everybody else, which, a uh, nice touch. Yeah. Now, could, yeah. uh, from the distance, I'm assuming that they're about, 40 50 pe- feet right. apart could could al hit a target li- i mean target like that with a 38 yes yeah, it's a 30 it's probably a 357 um which kind of six and one half dozen of the others 357 being more powerful but when i started in my law enforcement days i carried a, a smith and wesson 586 which was a, a six shot uh 357 and um 
our qualification range that we had to, to shoot every quarter um, was uh, the furthest distance uh, was 20 yards. And that was, you know, sort of a person size and shape, shape target. So, um, and to be fair, he's, he's, you know, he didn't just sort of shoot from the hip or anything else. Unlike, uh, unlike the bad guy, Al's just, he's drawing it. He's in his two handed, basically weaver stance. Both his eyes are open, which is impressive. He's most of the time you'll see somebody sort of screwing up their eyes when they're, when they're shooting. Um, he's got as good a chance of, he's got a much better chance of, uh, of hitting him than uh than vice versa yeah yeah it's uh <laughs> it's impressive and and i like the way uh d- during that whole scene michael came michael came is kind of uh cribbing from uh, james horner with the uh the, the that beat of the music there is it's a very horner-esque uh throbbing beat while he's bringing down the gun to bear uh, billy i've got a question when's do you remember the first time you had to fire a weapon on on screen Oh geez, um, that would have been, I think, in uh, Crime Story. Uh, that okay. almost certainly was in Crime Story, though. Maybe not. Maybe not. I did a little thing. I did a little thing. The first little thing I did when I got to LA was was a a short film for a process. I don't know if you'll remember this, but it was called Show Scan. And it was oh yeah, Showskin. That's a uh, Douglas yeah, Trumbull. Douglas Trumbull's sort of format for showing film. Yeah. It was pretty imp- pretty impressive, okay. in- impressive. Um, I did a I did a, a short for him called it, w- it was called Call from Space, and uh, I got to work with um, Richard Fleischer, who is a famous old time wow. Hollywood yeah. director. Richard oh, wow. Fleischer and um, um, James Coburn. Uh, which was really Holy cool, um, but I I think and that segment had me uh, in several different time periods. I went from being a caveman all the way through a, a, a Chicago mobster to a something else I can't remember. And I do believe that I shot a few guns in that, and that must have been uh, really the first thing I'd done shooting a gun. And, and is, that, uh, is that short out there somewhere? Is that is, you know is that I I've ever come. As, I as, looked for it a few I, years ago, but I couldn't I couldn't really find anything. Um, well, we'll and, be googling. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. <laughs> uh, it's um yeah I, I, I remember I, I, I saw a, a a demonstration of uh, Showscan uh, with a special screening of Brainstorm. And uh, all the uh, all the brainstorm segments of it were done. And show, show scan is basically rather than filming at twenty four frames a second, it was filming at uh, sixty yeah. frames a second. So it had no there there, there was it, it had a weird TV feel about yeah. it because it was such a, a quick refresh. Yeah. And um, it was kind of unnerving when you watch it. I, I think the uh, they they tried to they tried a remake of this with uh, if you saw the Hobbit, uh, the Hobbit was shown in high speed. Uh, or high frame rate. It was like forty-eight uh, frames or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just it, 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 if you're used to the, it, you don't realize that you're used to a certain uh, a certain pace on the framing. But when when it when it goes at high speed, everything looks a little bit realer, but faker. Right. At the it's same time. very it's strange because you can see the makeup on people's face uh, faces. Yeah. Um, like like uh, it's weird. It's really impressive and sort of not. Um, it's not 
optimal at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you, you just see too much. And um, I remember they had in one of the uh, demonstrations, they had, um, we came and we sat in the audience and the lights went down and then a light came on behind the screen, right? So that you could actually see behind the scrim. And uh, a person walked into a door behind the screen, uh, the space behind the screen and started talking to the audience, you know, about the sort of the fourth wall and and uh, what a scrim was and what the, show, what the show scan process was, that character walked up to the screen and sort of pushed on it so you could see it dimple out. And then you realized and you were like, okay, well, well and then he said something like, you know, let's start the, the, the movie. Oh, wait, the movie's already started. And that, that character went up in, this, in the air. And I mean, and you thought, you had oh, been wow. seeing a real person behind the screen, everything. And it was because it was uh, so detailed that it, it looked uh, realistic. But when you, when you, and, but that person was life size, right, on the screen. So you couldn't see much detail. Yeah. When it came to that person's close up, I, I thought, oh, this is never going to work because you just see too much. You see, you know, the flakes of makeup powder in the eyebrows. Um, it it just didn't yeah, work. It, 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 yeah, really, it really it, it was a it was a shame. I mean, it was an interesting try, and uh, you know, Trumbull. Gosh, I mean, all the way back from the two thousand one days, he's always was pushing the envelope, um, but it just I guess it pushed a little too far. Mm, yeah, um, but I I find but, uh, it. Uh, I think it's uh, it says it's available here on something called uh, uh, Movie Night Series dot com or something like that. Interesting, but I don't know if it's actually gonna actually gonna and, play. Hmm. Oh, intriguing. it is playing. Really? Oh, okay. okay, I found it. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> okay, we'll um, put a, we'll put a link on on this particular day's episode so folks can can check it out. Yeah. Did Did you have a Do you remember if you had like a Wrangler that day to show you how to use the weapons at all? Or? You know, I don't remember. Um, but undoubtedly we we did. Though that was a while ago. We might not have. But it was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it, it was. I mean, when I really got around to shooting guns was in Crime Story which was uh, some, not that much later. Wait a minute. Was this movie in, when was this movie? Call from Space was 89. 89? Oh, that was after I did, after I did, or maybe it came out in 89. Oh, that that could wherever I'll be. Maybe I, I I seem to remember Um, doing, shooting calls. And Crumps were doing like 60s era stuff, so. It was 60s era stuff, but it was we were shooting in 87, I think. And I feel certain that I did um, Call from Space before Crime Story. Anyway, Crime Story was, you know, shooting off tons of guns and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And that's where I really would have gotten my first uh, serious um, schooling in, wow. uh, in that kind of gun handling. And you, you so, still get, I, I would assume that you still get uh, technical advice when you're like doing Cardinal and stuff on how... Uh, what the what the process is or do they just go with how how you figure to do it well no we definitely we almost always have a have somebody um, hanging around who who's an actual tactical person or a a cop of some sort or a detective uh so that we you know we have little they give us little tidbits of information how to enter a space and cover each other and use of force and all that kind of stuff. So that's that person is almost always there uh, when we have, at least when we have those kind of scenes. And um, you know, I mean, it's 
it's uh, we just sort of hang around them all the time when they're there and are constantly pestering them for information. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, I, the way that the way that the internet works now and things like that, I would sure you get instant feedback if it was not done right. So I, I guess people oh, yeah. are a little bit more caring about it nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a lot of um, <clears throat> I have a lot of uh, cop friends, both from having done Crime Story and um, um, having done um, doing um, Cardinal in North Bay, and I became friendly with with my ride along partner from North Bay. And so uh, they, I get, I get, well, first of all, I get a bunch of <laughs> from them all the time, uh, as you can imagine, <laughs> good natured. Um, but uh, then, then they, they, when they yeah. finally stop joking, they, they actually have good things to say about how we're, how we're doing things on the show. You know, like, wow, when you, when you moved into that house and you and the, the, your partner uh, uh, went through the whole house and discovered the crime scene, that was all top notch. So we're, uh, we're always that's always the best kind of criticism. Yeah, I, I wish I wish we could go into more uh, uh, cop stuff on this particular minute, but nothing. I mean, other than the, uh, uh, the you know getting the debrief, I don't think there's they, they really kind of yeah, abandoned yeah. Pr- uh, police procedural. And to be fair, you're asking you know point. what would really happen, and well, um, it's not certainly in you know back in 1988. There, there probably really wasn't a section of the book <laughs> that explains, well, here's what you do when a rogue, yeah. semi-rogue, off-duty cop from out of state <laughs> comes and, you know, guns down a bunch of terrorists yeah. and saves the day and blows up half the building. Whoops. Yeah, the uh, the, the the lawsuits to ensue right. would, would fill up a couple of extra sequels anyway. Um, but anyway, let's catch up uh, tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, Billy's involvement in the uh, – in the sequel or lack of involvement, <laughs> well, we don't want to spoil anything, but we'll get we'll get yeah. we'll get into that tomorrow. So, uh, so uh, let's let's uh, let's head over to Tuesday uh, for folks listening to this show. If you'd like to hear more of the three of us chatting about another movie that uh, that hopefully near and dear to your hearts, we also uh, are on a completed series called The Rocketeer Minute, where uh, we have hundreds of beautiful episodes where we chat all about the greatest adventure movie that Walt Disney ever made. Uh, which was made just two years after this film. So uh, check that out. We're, it's available on iTunes and Google Play. You can find it also at rocketeerminute.com. Uh, if you're interested in uh, this whole format, the Movies by Minutes format, you can find a bunch of us. There are over 80 at the time of this recording. You can find them at moviesbyminutes.com. Always great to hear a bunch of different shows. There's, I'm sure if you've ever watched a movie, it's probably having a, a podcast made about it. So check out moviesbyminutes.com. Join us uh, for this particular show, uh, Die Hard Minute. You can find it online at dieHardMinute.com. You can find us on Facebook at the uh, Die Hard with a Podcast Listener's Limo. You can uh, also uh, reach out to us directly at the big site, DieHardMinute.com. We're also available iTunes, Google Play, or wherever your fine podcasts are found. So join us here tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, on the Die Hard Minute. So until next time, yippee-ki-yay, you nice people. (laughs) Yippee. Freaking guy. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.